Welcome to the Future Sense podcast with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans, broadcast weekly from our Future Sense pod in the northern rivers of New South Wales, Australia, and available on your favourite podcast platforms or directly through rd.org slash futuresense. That's double A-D-double-I.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at Future Sense Show or on our Facebook page. Thanks for joining us today. Hi there, and thanks for joining us here on Future Sense this week. Myself, Nick Jeans, and my co-host, Steve McDonald. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great, thanks, Nick. Good to see you again. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, we do see each other fairly regularly, at least we once do. a That's week true. for this, at the, the very least. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big time, as we know, out there, and we're going to be... Well, what are we going to be talking about today? We've got a lot of stuff here. Hopefully, we can fit it into two wonderful segments for you folks out there listening from any place in the world. We do have a lot of great stuff, and we we like to make our material timely, so we always look to see what's happening around the time that we record the show and tune into the, the deeper currents uh, that are running, uh, the causative currents that are guiding the way the world is heading and the way that we're behaving. And so today we're going to talk about, after the shock, regaining balance. We've had this uh, big not, not just one shock, but multiple shocks, really, at least a double shock. One shock was the COVID-19, uh, the, the whole thing in the lockdown, and then the second shock has been the economic shock, mm. uh, and really with no breathing space in between. So we're going to talk about that and talk about you know, how we get back onto sort of uh, both feet and balanced you know, after such a, a heavy shock like that. And we're going to talk about tapping into the deeper currents uh, of knowledge and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the gradual return to indigenous ways of knowing which we we see happening in the world at the moment and is certainly part of the transition into second tier consciousness uh, and and starting to embrace the non-rational as we move out of the super rational scientific industrial era uh, we'll talk a little bit about different sources that we use to tap into those deeper currents and the process of, of going about that. And we'll draw on some of Claire Graves' work as well uh, in terms of what he says about being able to adapt rapidly to change and uh, sort of take control of your own change process. It's, uh, it's an amazing time. Now we are recording this on uh, the 2nd of July. And you may be listening to it uh, any time in the next week or, or sometime. But uh, what we're saying today will be relevant anyway because uh, it is relevant. But it is also the time right now, most of you will be aware of that, of the uh, the full moon and a penumbral lunar eclipse, which is happening on the 4th and 5th of July, depending on where you are. The 4th of July is rather interesting. Of course, it's American Independence Day. If you're, out, if you're in the US of A, you might be listening to it here. So there's a strong impact of this eclipse across the board with regard to the kind of... Uh, uh, themes that we're going to be talking about today. So we, we'll be referring to um, astrology quite a lot today as it's one of the one of the models we use quite a bit and hopefully for you guys out there and you people out there, uh, you will find a place to uh, find it relevant and tune into that if, uh, if you do. And if you don't, perhaps it's of, of an interest that you might take up. Astrology seems to be a very good reflection of things that are happening. Not causative, I don't think so, but certainly a great reflection of what's going on. And like everything, astrology can be interpreted in different ways. And so as we grow through the different layers of consciousness and our worldview changes, our capacity to sense things changes, and there's a general expansion of our capacity to, to take in and process and use new information as we move up through the, the spiral of growth. And so astrology 
will look different depending on which layer of consciousness you are, you are viewing it through. Mm. Uh, and certainly once we start to move into layer six and then layer seven in the second tier, astrology starts to become a very, very complex and reliable science, which is certainly not the way that it's been seen in the scientific mm. industrial era. Although, as I said to you off-air earlier today, uh, even those who are not au fait with astrology particularly at all will use uh, comments like, oh, Mercury is retrograde. That's why my washing machine is not working without possibly <laughs> knowing anything to do with Mercury or astrology whatsoever. So it's sort of entering the zeitgeist astrology in a certain way. And also, with regard to what you just said there, Steve, it's fascinating because the discovery of planets actually seems to indicate the readiness for humanity to deal with the, the psychological and psychic and spiritual uh, meanings, if you will, of the planets that as they come forward. So that's happened with Pluto, happened with Chiron. I think that's fascinating that you know, as we get more complex ourselves, as we go deeper, that planetary bodies that sort of, they've always been there, but suddenly we're able to see them, uh, actually have this reflection of that deeper uh, journey that we're on. That's right. So keep listening. You'll be able to sort out your washing machine, no problems at all. <laughs> And if you don't, we know that we know a bloke. That's right. That's an Australian <clears throat> word, a bloke. Uh, for those so, who are not um, Australian. yeah. So everything we talk about is related to the change uh, cycle, the change process, the experience that we go through when a sudden change occurs, or a gradual change, for that matter, in our lives. And then when we're talking about transformational change, which is changing from one, uh, it's basically a major change where the, the change encompasses. Um, a change of worldview and a change of motivations, a change of values. So changing from one layer to the, to the next layer on Claire Graves' model is, is what I was going to say there. And so we've had this double shock. Uh, it's been a huge shock. It's probably unique in that I don't think there's ever been a time when our global communication has been so fast and so effective. So we all experience this shock virtually literally virtually simultaneously around the world and, and I don't think that's ever happened before uh, but with I guess uh, the exception of things like 9-11 I suppose but um, even 9-11 was short and sharp compared to to what we've been hit here hit with here well, large and, volcanic uh, eruptions occurs to me too but that would take a long time to see the effects across the planet even in yeah, ancient in, times in the past that's true mm. uh, so we've had this sudden shock and not just one shock but uh, at least two shocks like a double shock with no real breathing space in between. And, and now uh, we are thrust into a change process unexpectedly. And typically shock is the response when that happens, when something changes subtly. And, and I'm sure many of you would have experienced this at some point in your life where something unexpected happens, whether it's an accident or, or something else. And all of a sudden you're dealing with a very different set of circumstances. And so typically we are knocked off balance, both uh, mentally and emotionally and sometimes even physically. Uh, and there, it's interesting just to ponder the connection between those different aspects of ourself because often if you are off balance in an emotional sense or, or a rational minded sense, your physical balance will also not be uh, in tune either. And, and certainly I know that from experience as a martial artist and, and an instructor of martial arts is that if you are moving and you're losing your balance while you're moving, then it's usually because there's something internally that's out of balance. Have you lost your focus in other words? And so... Uh, what do we do now that we find ourselves in the aftermath of this shock? Uh, some, some of you listening out there quite likely have had a major disruption to your industry. It's quite possible that some of you have lost your, your jobs. In fact, um, you know some of the industries here in Australia, particularly the aviation industry at least, has announced already 
the layoff of thousands and thousands of employees. So many people will find themselves out of work and having to literally recreate their life uh, in, in many mm. aspects. Uh, and so how do we do that? How do we how do we navigate this time of recovery, regain our, excuse me, regain our balance as quick as we can and get our compass working again so we know which way we need to head and how, how to recreate our life, I guess. And there are a number of things that we can do there, but they, they all point to our internal world to start with because we have this causative process whereby things arise within us and then they manifest outside us. Uh, and uh, that causative process is very well acknowledged in the in the uh, field of psychology, where you know it's it's all about your mindset, your internal life conditions, and the effect that they have uh, on your external world, and and of course vice versa. It's it's uh, it's a cyclic, uh, circular, spiraling kind of emotion. Uh, so what we're going to be mostly focusing on today is what's being indicated to us by the subtle sources that we consult. And they include, as Nick already mentioned, uh, the astrology, and we, we look at that in the most sophisticated way that we're able to. Uh, and also uh, my uh, background, of course, is in Taoism, and uh, I often consult the Taoist tool, the I Ching, which is the Book of Changes, which is actually an extremely sophisticated uh, change analysis tool and uh, all of these things at the moment are pointing to the fact that we're in a, a time of needing to look within and regain our inner balance uh, in order to then set our outside world uh, right and move forward. So uh, this is also tied into, and it's the, um, the process of being re-attracted to indigenous ways and readopting and adapting some of these indigenous ways to service in the future. And we've spoken on the show before about the rebirth of indigenous knowledge. You might like to, to look up uh, that episode if you're interested in that. And it's very obvious and has been very obvious for some decades at least that the emerging paradigm, layer six consciousness, is very much attracted to the old indigenous ways. And uh, you know, there's a resurgence of interest in traditional tribal ways of knowing and being and so that is very very much a part of the life conditions and this and the situation that uh, that we find ourselves in right now and it's a useful thing to do is to look back at the old ways of being communal in an indigenous layer two tribal way and the rather amazing techniques that they had there for reading nature, reading the energy of the day, mm. which guided their routine. Beautiful. Yes, including, of course, uh, great events like full moons and eclipses, which we'll come to. Yeah, I've got a beautiful Lakota prayer here, very brief, which I, I might read. It's appropriate at this time because I think a lot of what we're talking about here is a, is a rediscovery of trust in a time of great mistrust and distrust of pretty well everything out there for so many people in the confusing times that we're in and the intense uh, shock that we have been through and continue to go through. So it's a simple simple prayer from the Lakota uh, people of uh, American Indian origin and uh, talks about trust very simply. It goes like this. Great mystery. Teach me how to trust my heart, my mind, my intuition, my inner knowing, the senses of my body, the blessings of my spirit, 
Teach me to trust these things so that I may enter my sacred space and love beyond my fear and thus walk in balance with the passing of each glorious sun. That's it. And he goes on to say, um, I got this from a chap called Nick Polizzi. He's the director of the Sacred Science. And he's talking about really the walking balance of this uh, little prayer it talks about between heaven, spirituality, and earth physicality in harmony. And in a sense, it's like the I Ching, isn't it? Those two, as above, so below. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know Nick, actually. He's a wonderful guy. Oh, uh, you do? Yeah. I, uh, he's a great guy. I met him when I was over in the US working uh, on some film projects with Mitch. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I really yeah. like his stuff. I've been watching some of his recent things for those who are out there. I think the series was called Proven. Okay, um, I seen about, that one, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very good about nice. uh, all the different sort of medical uh, approaches to everything that are alternative but backed by science. That mm. are, you know, Many of them are rediscoveries of ancient wisdom, of course. Beautiful. Mm. As we're moving now out of the scientific industrial era, which in many ways has been the peak of rationalism uh, and materialism, we have a need to embrace the non-rational and bring all of these things that we've used in the past prior to the scientific industrial era, prior to the scientific industrial era, um, you know, as useful tools for, for knowing and, and doing and being. So it's very much about starting to embrace what we feel and what we sense once again. And the journey through layer six uh, is really about in many ways, preparing a foundation for the big leap into second-tier consciousness, which which happens mm. uh, between layer six and layer seven. Uh, and so in order to go into the second tier, we really have to have our all of our first tier uh, in sufficient order to provide a solid foundation for the leap. And that means bringing back in the pre-rational, which uh, embraces layers one, two, and three, where we lived very much according to our emotions and our instincts and very much in the moment. And not discarding the rational at all, but understanding that these things are nested. So we have at our core the pre-rational ways of knowing and being, and then the rational gets wrapped over the outside of that, and then the trans-rational, which comes with second tier, gets wrapped over that again. So none of it goes away. Uh, the only thing that does change is which of those different ways is dominant in everyday life. And of course, even in second tier, it's very dynamic. So there will be times if we're operating in a transrational way where it might be appropriate to really drop down in the moment and operate from one of those other nested systems there. Indeed, you. Uh, I wrote a short thing about the the notion that it's not about the destination with layer six as we're moving to that. It's about the journey or the quest is the word you used as we move away from layer five and that result-oriented thinking to an interest in the journey and the quest without a final result necessarily, a deeper appreciation of the journey inwards, whatever that looks like to you, emerges. And it doesn't have to be a particular way of getting there, So, but there are obviously many tools and many modalities that you can use and are very valuable. We talk about those often here. It's now more than ever possible with COVID and the shock that we're talking about here to design and create your own pathway to a deeper understanding of the self and the processes that we are going through with respect to the global change process that's occurring. In the past, most self-developmental and spiritual modalities seem to have an end point inherent in their structure, like enlightenment, for example, for meditation practices, or how to do that yoga pose absolutely perfectly. But it would appear now that we've been sort of upgraded to a, a deeper and bigger appreciation of what is required to grow in respect to the global processes, even beyond our own individual processes. 
So that surrender of, of our own gift and not trying to achieve necessarily for ourselves, but what can I bring to the table in, in terms of a global perspective? Absolutely, and that reflects the move from the individually themed scientific industrial layer five to the communally themed uh, layer six, which is very humanistic and network centric. Uh, so, uh, embracing and and being uh, in within the communal ways is very much a part of this shift. And uh, if if you have found yourself in that transition from the the old paradigm, very very rational, materialistic. Uh, and practical way of being uh, and and being through this big uh, disruptive shock that we experienced, you know, thrust into a different set of life conditions, then you may find yourself in this uh, this place of feeling like you're drawn to be in community and be working with people and certainly needing the assistance of other people for your own uh, benefit and to regain your balance at this time. It's fascinating. My, my oldest son who lives in Melbourne, who's 33, and his partner, um, have been quite successful, and their their cohort is quite are quite successful in the tech the tech world. But I was talking to him on the phone the other day. You just reminded me of it, and he was talking for the first time about all of them were talking about moving to Tasmania, getting a piece of land, and, and creating a community. And Classic. for those guys, that's not their normal way of thinking at all. And he says he's getting quite a lot of resistance from many of that cohort, and yet also on the other hand, there's quite a lot of people who are going, oh, maybe that's what we have to do. Go there, go yeah, somewhere yeah. remote and set ourselves up. Yeah, classic. Mm. There was a media article just recently, you probably saw it, I think, about uh, sales, land sales in this area here around the Byron Shire and people moving from Melbourne and other places uh, yeah. to this area. And that that is a, a very, very predictable dynamic with this shift from layer mm. five to layer six is the, tr- the classic tree change or sea change, which is seeking to change your life conditions basically to escape the rat race. Mm. Uh, because it's when you're caught up in that uh, day-to-day race to you know get to work and earn the money that you need to survive and get home again and not much spare time. Uh, it's very hard to sit and ponder what's next, and uh, and that is another aspect of what's needed for this transition into layer six is time to think, and, and mm. certainly COVID-19's uh, given us that in spades. In spades. Um, another aspect of this shift out of the old paradigm uh, that's worth mentioning is how our understanding of truth is shifting. And I mean, this has been uh, a, a topic of hot discussion around fake news and how do we find out what's actually true. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that our life conditions have changed through, particularly through our electronic connectedness, social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, science has changed as well. And there's a shifting motivation because the layer five motivation is primarily one of personal success. And the layer six's motivation, that set of value system, uh, that set of uh, values drives us to uh, find deep connections with other people. And so they're two very different things. Uh, and whereas the layer five success driven motive, uh, operates very well in a very rational, practical, material world. The layer six motive of connecting deeply with other people really requires us to open up our sense of feeling and re-embrace all that pre-rational stuff um, and add that and, and start to you know build this foundation of those two systems, the, the pre-rational ways and the, the rational ways. Um, but And it's also uh, interesting to note that for some people at this time, the rational mind has been going crazy with conspiracy theories. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that 
I see as really a huge distraction, to be honest. And, you know, sometimes when there's a sudden change, it's, it's very, very useful to understand why the change happened and understand what might be driving it. And, and certainly we covered those issues uh, earlier on during the, the COVID-19 shift. We looked at, you know, how did this happen? Why did it happen? Who might be behind, uh, you know, the, the uh, self-interest aspects of it? Uh, but there comes a point where uh, you can easily get lost going down a rabbit hole with conspiracy theories. And uh, you've, you've got to sort of stop and ask yourself, okay, what am I actually getting out of this mm. apart from just increasing fear, <laughs> basically? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot in that. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the astrology at the moment a little bit here now too, because while we have uh, the eclipse coming up on this Sunday, the 5th, 4th and 5th of July, Saturday, Sunday, this weekend, uh, a longer-term process in train now is the uh, the new position just recently of the North Node and South Node, the Moon's Nodes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up. The Nodes kind of represent, in a sense, the Soul's Journey. The South Node, in, in very simply put, the the old, the um, the karmic, those things that you've achieved or haven't yet finalised in past lifetimes, if you want to go that far with thinking that way. The North Node represents sort of your Soul Journey in this lifetime. And just recently, uh, those nodal points have moved out of the Capricorn Cancer axis to the Sagittarius-Gemini axis. And with regard to what you're saying there, Steve, as the North Node is now in Gemini, the South Node is in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius, in terms of its shadow, its darkness, because the South Node is also that, the shadow, the darkness, um, at, its, at its negative point, Sagittarius' expression is actually about, um, I know, I think I know what the truth is, and I'm going to tell you what the truth is. And it can end up with sort of being preachy even. Whereas on the other side of the equation, Gemini in its ultimate higher function is really about the truth. What actually is true here? And being able to, with crystal clarity, discern what the truth is and act from that point. And I think that's that's part of, that's actually what the stars are reflecting at the moment, this balance between um, Inform, true information and dogma, for example, uh, and the the information warfare we have going on at the moment is sort of dogma against dogma, position against position, fundamental place against another one, and so on. So we, we're sort of challenged to rebalance that by moving away from that which, and you can feel this now, what actually, as you said, you can feel what's valuable in the conspiracy theories, for example, that it becomes too much and too preaching, they know, and how come I don't know? And instead of getting subsumed and captured by that to actually step back a minute and go like, well, what's actually true for me here with discernment? And that's the Gemini um, North Node in action. So that's part of the balance structure at the moment reflected in the stars. That's great, Nick. And, and there's so much uh, that is pointing to the need for us to look inside at this time and look to rebalance our internal world as a precursor to stepping back out into uh, the outside world. And, and of course, uh, we're very aware of the fact that wherever you might be listening to uh, this podcast around the world, your local life conditions might be very, very different to ours here. And some mm. countries are still very much in the thick of uh, mm. trying to deal with the virus and uh, in full lockdown. Here in Australia, we are in the process of reopening up again uh, to uh, return to life. I, I won't say normal life, but to turn to the return to the new normal, whatever that might look like. Uh, so, um, you will, I'm sure, you will find different aspects of what we're saying are uh, appropriate to uh, to your circumstances wherever you are, and also as things progress in your country, in your local area, 
uh, then um, you'll probably be able to make sense of some of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, as we're starting to reopen again here. Uh, look, I, I think uh, it's probably worth us diving a little bit deeper into the astrology and also into uh, some just briefly uh, what I drew out of the I Ching. Uh, just to give us a, a slightly deeper understanding of what's really driving us at the moment. And there are the, these things that we're talking about, uh, you know, particularly the astrological energies, of course, they apply to everybody on the planet. Uh, and, uh, and also sophisticated divination systems like the I Ching, which look at all aspects of change and, and long-term change cycles. You know, they also apply to everybody as well. The timing may be slightly different wherever you are. Uh, because things um, influences, particularly the astrolog astrological influences, you know, uh, might be slightly staggered around the planet uh, by a short period of time, and, and same with uh, with other things that impact our life conditions. But do, do you want to just dive yep. a little bit deeper, Nick, and mm. uh, just give us a, a more complete picture of what's driving things at the moment? Yes. Well, as we have talked about before, first of all, we have a very I mean, many astrologers are pointing to the fact that this particular year, twenty twenty is really heavy. It's a Capricorn year. We've got all these planets in Capricorn, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, uh, and the moon shortly will be there for the eclipse at 13, 14 degrees Capricorn on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, depending where, on where you are. Um, now, the Capricorn energy is is uh, is ruled by Saturn itself, and those planets are in, in, that, uh, in that sign right now, and they're doing a dance. I've used that word a lot because it is a dance through this whole year. Right through to the beginning of next year, we're seeing this process so at the, at the moment, Jupiter and Pluto are actually conjunct right now, and they'll be conjunct several times, including during the week of the US election, which is important. And at the same time, Mars is in Aries. I'll come back to that in a minute. But in Capricorn, we have these planets in that dance as they move towards Aquarius. In fact, Saturn, as we speak today, has just slipped back in retrograde into Capricorn at 29 degrees Capricorn, which is really um, quite an arcane point in astrology, which is to do with the sort of final doorway, the gateway, the, the threshold, and the, the absolutely new. So we're sort of getting those sort of things triggered and resonating in our, in, generally in the world's um, um, astrology and experience at the moment. But at the same time, we're seeing uh, this eclipse occur next uh, on the weekend at uh, 13, 14 degrees Cancer, Cap Capricorn to Cancer. That means that uh, the sun is at uh, 13, 14 degrees cancer and the moon is at that degree at full full moon there so it depends on your own personal chart and you could look at uh, at any planets if you are au fait with astrology anything in the uh, cardinal signs which are capricorn cancer libra and aries between the degrees of say 9 and 17 degrees if you have those sort of planets and positions in your chart and even more so the north node the south node and the mid heaven these are really soul trigger points and it's interesting to note, for example, on a broader scale, that uh, this is the eclipse season we're in. We had a solar eclipse at zero degrees Cancer, which is interesting itself, on the summer solstice and the winter solstice here a couple of weeks ago. And now we've got this one coming up here. The last time that a solar eclipse uh, corresponded with the summer solstice that's just gone was in June 2001. This was just before 9-11 and presaged that. So... This is, these are very big things. I'm not saying there's anything like that is going to happen because a lunar eclipse actually is a little bit softer than a solar eclipse. But nevertheless, there is this, uh, this idea that um, 
we are returning to an, an understanding, perhaps, or an appreciation of what um, 9-11 triggered, because, in fact, the eclipse over this weekend will be, we won't see it in Australia, but if you're listening in the US or certain other parts of the world, it's going to definitely cover most of the US on July 4th, July 5th, on Independence Day there. I think that's quite an interesting thing. And the next eclipse coming up is three weeks after the US election, as I said before, on November the 30th this year. So this is the season of eclipses and eclipses, the effect of eclipses last really for months and this eclipse season will last, its energetic um, signature will last right through till the next eclipse in November and through the US elections and through all the things that are going on at the moment. At the same time, uh, just mentioning Mars in Aries, we might come back to that because there's a few points about Mars in Aries. Mars is in Aries and will be for about six months to early next year. This is very rare that Mars is in one sign for that long. It's usually only, only in a sign for a few months, of half of that, if so, even less than that. Um, so this is an unusual uh, position for Mars during this time. And that squares, which is a conflicting aspect, the Capricorn planets in various ways through this whole year, through this whole period, which is suggesting watch out for war, watch out for conflict, watch out for activating even on a personal level in your community, but certainly on a global political level, what's, what that, those sort of tensions. And we can see currently right now uh, what's going on in the world as we're speaking today. In Hong Kong, we've just seen a, a law passed by the Chinese, which is going to make freedom of movement, freedom of speech and freedom of activity and freedom in the streets uh, much more difficult for those residents there. Britain's offering uh, residents of Hong Kong uh, a special passport. So that's interesting. We're also seeing um, things like the aggressive military force, the word aggressive used to configure uh, a new investment in Australia's defence forces by the uh, Conservative Morrison government right here. That's just happened. And also just another little tiny piece of that. I think it's interesting that um, they're pulling down all the Confederate statues in in the US. So all these are sort of martial areas of, of yep. ideas and thought. And we've been saying for a while, uh, based on Martin Armstrong's uh algorithm which follows the market patterns uh, that uh, it's quite possible that there will be violence in the US around the time of the election so so we can see how the astrological situation now is, is certainly you know, lending itself to that possibility as well and lastly just with the eclipses um, we're seeing because this eclipse is in the sign of Capricorn it really zeroes in on things like injustice economic disparities health care inefficiency failures of leadership that's a big one and really, overall, Capricorn is old thinking that needs to be transformed at its sort of shadow side. And we're seeing clearly that old thinking that has not helped our social problems, can't solve our social problems now, is being challenged seriously. And this is really indicated by this planetary and this dance in Capricorn and particularly impacted by the eclipse coming up this weekend. I might just add there too, Nick, that these themes don't just apply to world events, but they apply to you personally as well. Yep. So... Many of us are feeling these within ourselves at the moment, old patterns that need to be transformed are actually revisiting, re-emerging right now so that we can deal with them. And, and of course, uh, from a personal development and healing point of view, it's very difficult to heal something when it's not in your face. And so when something does reappear from the past, uh, you know, albeit a, a, um, whether it's a, 
a healing issue uh, that reemerges or just a, a pattern of thinking or behavior. Once it's in your face and you're aware of it, then you have the opportunity to work with it. So yeah. it's really important just to, to look at these things from a positive point of view and take that opportunity. And I guess that is really is the key thing is not to, not to just uh, go into shock, but uh, actually move and take the opportunity to work with whatever is arising. Mm. And on that note, just finishing with Mars again, I had a, a bit of an insight in the last 24 hours. Mars in Aries is that is the uh, the ruler of Aries, Mars on on one level, and uh, so it's it's a good place for Mars too. However, the expression will tend to be can tend to be um, martial, but there's also an opportunity for Mars to be seen as a kind of guardian on the threshold, and we talked about that before the threshold. Um, so there, there's a time, there's a there's a way personally this year that I think you can resist the temptation to fall into misinformation, disinformation, fake news, information warfare, you can observe it, but to get captured in it is probably, and to go to battle one way or the other, one side or the other, is probably not the right uh, way to go at this time. It's better to take a step back and to self-nurture, and we'll talk further about that too, and to really look after yourself in this time and to realise that, oh, Mars is actually, in a sense, helping us to um, discern what the appropriate action is in response to this heavy Capricorn energy that continues through this year and around the eclipse right now. And in uh, patterns of change like Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, where we look at the process of you know being called to change and then going through the rigmarole of actually uh, creating or experiencing the change, the, the guardian at the threshold figure is usually the first challenge that comes up in the change process. And it's like that, you know, you might have a, a general idea that, oh, you want to head in that direction. All of a sudden you meet a fierce guardian at a threshold. And the the mythological uh, purpose of that is to test whether you're ready to go on this journey or not yet. And if you get scared away by that first uh, encounter, uh, then you go back home and you won't, you know, go on the journey. But if you really, really know that this is the direction you need to go, then the guardian will help you mm-hmm take note of that and really you know grok that get that on a deep level that okay no i really need to do this and i'm going to push forward yeah let's grok that and again when you're saying that of course it's just adding here another little bit of astrology too at the moment most of the planets or jupiter saturn pluto and mercury as i mentioned earlier are retrograde now retrograde motion is interesting it's not actually the planets are going backwards it's just from our perspective but it's saying to us it's not a time to fight it's a time for introverted meaning. The meanings of the planets sort of turn inward when they're retrograde. So it's that uh, clear perception arrives through an inward journey, not from reading thousands of articles on The Guardian or any other newspaper, any other source whatsoever. It's like nurture and heal ourselves. Going inward now is the way to begin to heal our thoughts. That's what this is saying. And this is, this is going to be concurrent really till, for another two or three months as those planets start to move forward then. Thanks, Nick. You can really see how all those astrological influences are really turning our heads to look inwards and uh, take note of what's going on inside of ourselves, uh, as we said at the start of the show, in order to prepare for re-engaging with the world after the big shocks we've been through. In part two of the show, we're going to continue this theme, and I'll talk a little bit about the I Ching and what... uh, very subtle undercurrents are being picked up there, which are also giving us this same fundamental message of looking inside and finding our balance again before engaging with the outside world. And we'll also talk in part two about Claire Graves' work and some of the detail around 
dealing effectively with rapid change and making ourselves more adaptable and also the very specific things that are changing as the world is moving into this different layer of consciousness at layer six which is changing our value systems and the way that we view the world so tune in you've been listening to the future sense podcast with nick jeans and futurist steve mcdonald broadcast weekly we're also happy to be liked or loved on the platform that you're listening to right now and we welcome feedback comments and input thanks for joining us and remember that the future is here now it's just not evenly distributed